Hey everyone, and welcome to Superhero Speak. I'm your host, Dave. And John. JD, I hear someone's playing the theme again. Amazing no, to me. On. Hey everyone. No, hold on. Why uh, is it... Echoing. I hear an, an echo. echo. Yay. Okay. I don't know how to I don't know how to make this stop now. Oh shoot. Is somebody <laughs> playing the Facebook stream or the Twitter stream or the YouTube stream? Or I am playing stream? the Instagram stream, but now I can't close it. What you could mute it, though. Oh, too late. I closed the tab. I hope that didn't kill it. <laughs> we were on Instagram for about 3.5 seconds. Yeah, I'm working out the kinks still. Oh, man. Always those things. Technical difficulties. It is one of our staples. After 11 years, just don't be surprised. <clears throat> we're good at it. Mm, we are good at it. Take the dog. Mm. Sorry. Uh, no, I think we're still live. Oh. No. We're live. Um, We're live on Instagram. Yay! So there yeah, we go. Post, okay. That is the new thing. We are now going to be streaming on Instagram as well. Fascinating. So That's a word for it. <laughs> oh. So anyway, how's everyone doing? John, how are you? Like I was telling you before we went live, I, I hit the triple play of respiratory diseases. I got the flu, then I went to pneumonia, and then that kicked off a really nice round of heavy bronchitis. I am it after two rounds of antibiotics and a double dose of prednisone, I'm, I'm finally on my feet. Prednisone, yeah. good times. Yeah. I've never had well, I'm like, glad like, you're a, feeling a course better. that goes like 10 stuff. days. Normally it only goes five, but they're like, your lungs, they're not doing so well. And I'm like, oh, it's nice. Okay, fine. So yeah, but I made it through it. And what really pisses me off is that after I had the flu and just as the pneumonia was getting going, I got my flu shot and the flu shot normally puts me down for two, three days. Lo and behold, it didn't do anything to me, which means that it was for the same strain that I just had. So if I gotten that damn flu shot, I probably wouldn't have had any of this. There's your PSA for today. Get your damn flu shots. And while you're at it, get the COVID shot too, because why not? I got both months ago. Yeah. Avoid all this crap. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, other than that, finally on my feet after like almost four or five weeks of being sick. Ugh. And uh, yes, yesterday I took one look at my Christmas list. And I'm like, well, okay then. <laughs> so my credit card has been heating up the last two days, but I think I'm going to make it. That's good. I hope so. <laughs> we want you to make it. <laughs> mm. No, my nephews and my niece want me to make it. That's true. They, that's true. Yeah, they're counting on Santa, me, Santa. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Other than that truncated week for work this i'm gonna work the first two days and then it's all vacation to the end of the year i cannot wait that sounds wonderful <laughs> vacation JD. all the, yeah oh, yeah. yeah 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 vacation it's good <laughs> how about you jd Boom. status quo kids still trying to kick the pneumonia we went to the mall today to walk around because he missed his wrestling tournament again so <clears throat> like he missed practice all week he coughed a couple times but it's getting better I think tomorrow we reintroduce them back into the wild. I had my finals for my grad school classes last week. I think I feel okay. I think I feel okay. Um, we have finals this week. We finish up on Thursday. And then we're halfway through the school year. Man, I was watching our viewer count. John told his story, and the, the viewers just plummeted listening to John talk about how sick he is. It was like... Yeah. I saw your, I uh, I saw your post about coaching. No, oh, we had yeah, a tournament yesterday. Could have gone better. Could have gone worse, but it could have gone better. Like I said, coaching is living is the, the post I made was coaching is living 
in various stages of frustration for months upon it. Sometimes you're really frustrated. Sometimes you're frustrated and you live somewhere in between there and it never stops. You're constantly yeah. feeling like this. It's either, it's never, man, I feel great. We're doing awesome. Cause you're not, you're always, something is always wrong. There's always a fire to put out. There's always something pissing me off about one of these damn kids. Status quo. And what about with the, when it's your own kid? Is it worse? Oh, that's um, oh it's much worse. <laughs> it's much worse. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's a How Merry you, Dave? Christmas. How yeah, you? Dave. Uh, <laughs> um, my week was okay. It's just very busy getting ready for Christmas, doing Christmas shopping. I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this comment with I love my girlfriend very much. <laughs> what? Uh-oh. But like I we went we did a little bit of Christmas shopping this weekend. We went to uh, Kohl's and Five Below yesterday. Like, I wanted to go to Five Below and Dollar Store to get stocking stuffers and, like, little gifts for my granddaughters and those kinds of things. And so they have a lot of stuff to unwrap. And the Kohl's, she wanted to go there because she had to return something. And then she decided, oh, she wanted to get a pair of slippers for her son. Okay. Then she was looking at shoes for herself. She didn't buy any. But I, we were in there for a good half hour of her just looking at shoes. <laughs> and then Five Below, right? Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. When you go into a store like Five Below or the dollar store, you're going to go in, grab a few things, throw them in your cart, pay for them, and walk out. Like, wrong. That's the man's way of doing it. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's like after there, – there are actual studies on how men and I women shop differently. I, I, and I, I, I can't Men believe. go on a mission – Women go in to look around and forage, uh, and, yes. and it's not a, it's not a gender thing, or it is a gender thing. I think it's like a instinct thing, but it's a, it's a, by and large, that's the general. It's probably instinct. an evolutionary thing where men are the hunters, go get your kill, come out, and women are the gatherers, so they want to look at everything and forage and look. So, guys, yeah, mm-hmm. guys, I'm on level with both of you. I don't think I'm stretching myself when I say I feel like the manliest member of the show, right? comfortable in that statement i love shop i love shopping i love going and looking around and i've never left a store in less than an hour i can't go to the store without buying cookies like i love there my kid and i andy spilled some we went to breakfast and he spilled maple syrup all over himself and my wife suggested it was just two of us she suggested that we go to target and just buy him new clothes buy him a pair of pants buy him a shirt and i'm like Great idea. Then we went there and discovered he was commando. So we also had to buy him underwear. Um, life with a seven-year-old. And then we were there for an hour and 20 minutes just looking around. Hey, let's look at toys. Hey, let's look at books. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. Hey, look at these TVs. Like, I I love shopping. Love it. Nothing okay, makes me miss. happier. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, it's weird. I and I want to tell you, like, the dollar store today was worse. We, I was like, oh, I'm going to get home early. Do you have time to cook dinner? Dude, it's a week before Christmas. No freaking way. Every store is going to be packed. But she went down every aisle and was examining everything, deciding what she wanted to get, and to dollar store. Like, what do you got better to do? What's like? What's better to do? What do you have that's so pertinent that you have to go home for? This. The point of having the point of having <laughs> a other is the time you spend with them. See, that's the difference. You actually prepare for this. I just sit down and freewheel, baby. <laughs> I'm just going. <laughs> 
there you go. Next, that's the difference between you and I. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, Mike says I say the same thing to Mike on another show, and it drives. He's in the Air Force, and he's like an officer, so he is like super organized on everything. He has yeah. show notes every week that are remarkably detailed. And I never open the email. I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> you bastard! <laughs> I know. Did you look at our show notes for this week? I did actually. I was in the bathroom and I was on my phone. I got the notification. So I'm like, oh, what are we talking about this week? Oh, yeah, the greatest American hero. I have to go watch that. So I did. I watched it. It was on YouTube for free. Yeah. I watched the first three episodes again. I did not watch the first three episodes. I watched the pilot and it was long. It was way longer. Yeah. It was a two hour pilot. Yeah. It must have been. It was like an ABC movie of the week, I'm guessing. Probably. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah without long. commercials, it's like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was long. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to say about this show when we watch it. Boy, was there a lot Was there a lot going on in that 90 minutes? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I want to talk about that. Um, Can't wait. All right. You know, reviewing television programs from 43, 44 years ago, really pertinent stuff. Yes. Yeah, we're right on but top per, of all but, of it. But right pertinent to our topics. Us. This is a show we should have reviewed a long time ago. Agreed. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't do it and during I, COVID in retrospect. Hmm. Yeah. And and we were like, what the hell are we going to talk about? And one of the things Mm. I want to talk about, too, is like, this is a show that's beloved by at least Gen X. Because we grew up, it was the first superhero show that was ours. It was on TV. No, it wasn't the first superhero show on TV. And not the first one on the TV of of Generation X. Like, it was ours. Mm, No? No? There was a little show called The Incredible Hulk with Bill Bixby that beat this. Yeah, but that was before us, really, technically. No. It was in reruns. By the time, and you hit the Shazam ISIS hour thing too, like, and the Amazing Spider-Man cat- catastrophe that thing was in the late seventies. Like this, yeah, the, yeah. the Greatest American Hero is like a send-up of all because there was like a wave of superhero stuff in the late seventies that came out, and this is like the send-up of, and it's okay, pretty we're, beloved we're, because it's well written. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, yeah, so we're getting, we ahead, of getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Yes, let's bring the mood down and do a little social media madness. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> at least you admit it this time. Okay, so first off, last week we said that Mark Ruffalo has come out and said he would love to do an Incredible Hulk movie. And uh, that, of course, that's not going to happen because they don't have the rights to do a solo Hulk movie. But we did. I did say, would people want to see that? And so Kassan, first off, said yes, but I want a savage, indomitable Hulk. This denigration of Hulk to something timid, more akin to... A green man with with muscles is boring and almost unwatchable. Says a guy who's uh, never watched, never actually read the Incredible Hulk from beyond, like Greg Pak. Continue. <laughs> the Gorilla Brain podcast says he'd have to do his first one, being he can make another. Ah, uh, I don't blame him, but I think Ragnarok was a Hulk movie, really. When you think about it, kinda, it. it really was world. It was Planet Hulk. It was the closest yes. we're ever going to get to a Planet Hulk movie. They just happened to have Thor. Random Randy Savage said. So I was thinking about the Joe Fixit angle. You said it in mm-hmm. Vegas. Hulk gets whammed by mm-hmm. some demon or X-Men. He thinks he's Robert De Niro in Casino. Fails for a while. Wait, fails for a white hair vixen. Falls. I'm sorry. Falls. Falls for a, wh- falls. a white hair vixen. White queen, question mark. He essentially has to steal these diamonds. Recruits an Ant-Man guy. Hilarity ensues. That's actually not a bad idea. There's something there. I don't there's love all of it, yeah. but there's something there. Yeah, I don't know. Do you work. think we would ever get Joe Fix it in live action, though? I don't know. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't not know the way they're Kevin, going. I don't know if Kevin Feige likes that kind of stuff. Like, he doesn't seem to have a pension for the 80s. Yeah, and it's a, it was an odd period in the Hulk's history, too, when you think about it. It is. Yeah. 
Mauricio RNC said, my answer, no. (laughs) The Epic Film Guy said, I don't. And Black Knight 85, I want Savage Hulk. So, yeah, that's what we said last week, too, right? A lot of people want Savage Hulk. I want the Hulk we had in Ragnarok, where he still likes to smash stuff, but he talks. I don't know, man. I liked Ragnarok for what it was. I don't want it to go back there necessarily. I think it was fine. I think, but yeah. I want, I don't want, I don't want the same thing. I guess that's why I like the Joe fix it. Or I like the professor Hulk because it's different. They have so much to pull from. They like, and they've got so, so little room for movies and appearances by him that they might as well pull out everything while they can. True. Although I would have rather, I would have really rather had a, a world war Hulk though. You know, I, I really, would you, one. did you like that book? Did you like World War Hulk? I, I did, but the the thing is, the way they introduced Scar, it would have been better if we had actually gotten a real Hello, Kassan. Hello, Kassan. Um, I don't know, man. I think World War Hulk, I really like Planet Hulk. I think Planet Hulk is a great story. I think World War Hulk is just, just brainless, to be honest with you, especially in comparison to essentially all World War, all Planet Hulk really is a ripoff of Gladiator. It really is. Hmm. And all Planet Hulk really is just like Godzilla. Yeah. I don't know. I don't love. I don't love World War Hulk. I think there's better Hulk stories out there. Planet Hulk being one of them. When we got that, um, again, yeah, like I, I said, know. there's so much to pull from. They might as well just go through whatever they can while they can. You know. I, again, I think Joe Fixit would be a cool one to do because it's great. We've never we've never seen a gray Hulk in the mainstream. Would also be more about the character, which it is would. something that we can't Marvel's do. It. Been missing. Yeah, you can't. We that's the problem. Like we talked about, you can't have a Hulk solo. So what do you? Okay, so then Randy brings up a great point because he had his X Men suggestion. I think maybe you do an Ant Man story where he is like where he has to do a story where he has to do one last heist and he winds up working for this vile version of the Hulk that has none of the other one's moral foibles. Right? It's like yeah. scumbag Ruffalo. So then you can make that could be hell. That would have been better than Quantumania, quite frankly. And you know what? And you know what? It it gives Ruffalo and a different angle to for acting, right? Like he's not stuck doing the uh, the same character anymore. Yep. Yeah, Randy says, telling you, telling you, make Hulk man Hulk a heist movie and bring in the ex cons from Ant Man. I, I think that's a great. I think that's one thing Quantumania sorely missed out on was those characters because they were the heart of the first two Ant Man movies especially Michael Pena. So I think that specifically because you can't do the Hulk movie, but you could do another Ant-Man movie where like like an Ocean's Eleven where he has one last job that he doesn't want to do, but he's being leveraged into it. And you got to find out who's leveraging him and it's Joe Fix-It. That would be great. Dude, Ocean's Eleven miniature. Holy shit. Like this is, the more I think about this, the more it works. Kevin, call me. (laughs) (laughs) It was Randy's idea. No, call me. Call me. Call me. (laughs) <laughs> all right i'll share, I'll share a story by credit <laughs> i said i'll share a story by credit yeah all right and then moving on we had i had asked our audience what is your all-time favorite superhero tv show i thought that was an appropriate question for this week starting over on x formerly known as twitter don said hands down netflix daredevil season two with the punisher was gut wrencher it's good okay it's really good yeah it's a good pick I like season uh, random, one better, but season two is good. Yeah. Random Randy Savage says, Justice League Unlimited is the best. It showcases B, C, and D list characters while still not treating their audience like they are five. I agree. Justice League Unlimited was great. My yeah. favorite animated yeah. series, I think. 
and really hard to pull off considering WB historically, even in the even tertiarily to the, to the story we're going to do about Greatest American Hero, are just are famous for interfering with stuff with shows like that. Yeah. So the fact that Bruce Tim got through all of that without that without much, if any, studio interference was amazing and got out the well, story that he did. Here's the thing. When he did Batman, he got left alone for the most part. Margaret Lesh believed in what they were doing. He didn't get a ton of notes. And he just got to create. And then he was really successful. And they were like, oh, okay, let him just do his thing. And he continued to do it. with Sue. They built a whole universe, right? You had Superman, yeah. you know, um, Batman Beyond. And then we right in the, rolled right into the two Justice League shows. And, they're and all Zeta and no one, Zeta. no one cares about Zeta Project. <laughs> Zach Shack was good. Zach Shack was no amazing. No one cares about yeah. the Zeta Project. Zach Shack's really good. Don said Pride of the X-Men. Stop it. <laughs> That's what he said. Hey, Timothy Jones. Get out of here, Australian Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> we did get an Australian Wolverine. What are you talking about? Yeah, being... Touche. <laughs> Timothy right. Jones said... Growing up, I really liked Shazam, the Incredible Hulk series, but Batman was my favorite, especially when Batgirl was on the show. Holy bat owners. Okay, so I just watched a YouTube I just watched a YouTube video yesterday. I stumbled into the rabbit hole. And they had the clips from the Batgirl pilot that came, that actually was produced before she joined the show, right? Yeah. Um, two two thoughts. One, God, that sh- stuff is so corny. Two, Wow, Von DiCarlo in 1967. Wow. Yeah. Thumbs yeah. up. Okay, but Julie Newmore as uh, Catwoman. Oh, double wow. Double wow. Yeah. You can't know. The talent on the Batman 66 show was fantastic. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. No question. Casting was great. All of it. Casting was great. Show. Eh, a little corny. That, that was the point. I mean, it was the end of the I, 60s. I actually have where, something to I say about that when we get to our main topic. But the corny? About Batman 66. I think there's okay. you can draw comparisons between the two. Intentionally, because Batman 66 worked. The problem with Batman 66 is it stained superhero stuff for the next 30 years. 20 years. Yeah. When 20. Um, Andy, who's at Andy1973, said Daredevil Season 1. So he agrees with That's you. Good. All right. Over on the Tiki Talks, Colby Carter said Constantine. It's a shame that That was a good killed. show. Wrong. It was. it was on the wrong network. Yeah. Wrong place, wrong um, time. Eight bit Ray said, "Blade, the series with sticky fingers." Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> I'm telling you what they're saying. I'm, I'm just—I saying- know because I know Ray's listening, so I have to tell him <laughs> to stop it. Stop it! Uh, Max Maxim Maximilli said, "Show got to be the boys until Invincible catches up." Scott Peacock says, "The boys." Wilkie says, "The Max," and Headtrick says, "Invincible." So the max from eight from MTV in the late nineties, that version of the yeah. max. I'd say wow. one I could think of that ever existed. That's that, that's obscure as hell. Was no. there another max TV show? No, uh, I'm pretty sure Randy says, I'm pretty sure Adam West was in depth in the casting of that show as well. He should have Yeah, getting in depth. Yeah. Consistently in depth. Was it the guy who played Robin Burt Ward? Ward. He wrote a book about what happened on the set of that show. And uh, yeah, you just go read that. I, I don't think there's anything we can quote from that book that, that wouldn't get us taken off of YouTube. <laughs> but it was just, just hey, remember, me, the book itself is like NC-17. John, I need the Cliff Notes version of this. <laughs> Basic, basically, it was all Woodstock all the time there. 
With free everything. Yeah. Nice. Like I said, the talent roster on that show was yeah. impressive for its era. It's amazing they got a show done considering they said what, the same. What I've heard the same things about the eighteen too. I bet the eighteen George Papard tale. Yeah, George Papard, like Dirk Benedict, apparently had a lot of say in like the guest stars on the show. Yeah, yeah, he didn't want a woman on the show. He didn't think that. Like they, they, I remember they were. I can't remember who played it. But they had a female reporter character that was hanging out at the A team, and he was like, "No, no girls." Yep. I thought you meant the A team was pulling hella tail on the sidelines, and I <laughs> firmly believe that with Dirk Benedict. Firmly, I'm sure. The face All man, right. I'm Mr. T. Yeah. And then finally, over on Facebook, Drew Carlson said, "X Men is my favorite, but Batman the animated series holds up the best." Nope, scratch that. The Boys is my favorite. Can't make up his mind. I, I feel like we're on an island when it comes to the boys. I really do. Yeah, because I just, I, it's just too brutal for me. Yeah. Too, <sighs> Maybe re- the... really just too, I, I don't know, nihilistic. Yeah, it's yeah. just us, man. Everyone else is on this train except the three of us, and we're like loners. And then Drew followed up with question for JD and the group. Oh. What okay. do you think about rumors of WBD's interest in WWE Raw? When well, sir, they... I... I, wait, hold on. I know where this is going. Well, when they already have an AEW, could WBD really afford $360 million for a TV show? Could advertising rev match a blockbuster ROI, return on investment? Could WBD grow, have raw audience for two times, AEW to three times, to justify paying three times what AEW would cost? And are WBD in a position they could afford if they wanted to? They always seem to be a day away from bankruptcy. Wow. Okay. I I knew where this was going. Drew, my first thing I'll tell you is you should listen to the Mike and JD show, which goes live every Thursday night on YouTube. We launch at 1030 central time every Thursday night where I, where Mike Gilbert and I go into these discussions quite frequently. So cheap plug out of the way. Also subscribe to the Mike and JD Patreon for more information. So thank you for that plug. What do I think? I think that they are, I think that there's a decent chance that WBD picks up WWE. It's not great for professional wrestling if that was to happen, because I don't, while WBD has not asked for, or excuse me, where WWE has not asked for for, uh, exclusivity from the other contracts they have signed, I would find it hard to believe that WBD would want to keep both WWE and AEW on the same network. Anything is possible. Now, that being said, WWE is expensive, but it ain't the NBA, my man. They're going after another NBA deal. And so if they have the cash to spend on the National Basketball Association, which is literally TNT afloat, like that's their number one show is basketball. Like they're going to have that. They have to have that money. They want. Now, here's the thing is W. Oh, this is the thing, guys. If WBD <laughs> for the NBA, but they want less games for the same price, so they if they don't get the NBA, they have to think that's where WWE is. Because I true, I'm of the mind of the people that firmly believe that WBD owns points in AEW, right? So Tony Khan has the products outside of the WBD window. That's that's what I think. Would I be surprised if Raw if they pick up Raw? Yeah, a little bit. But I, at the same time, I wouldn't be because the, the stories are out. I do think that either USA or Amazon will pick up Raw, though. That is my prediction. For more on this, please listen to the Mike and JD Show, part of the Voices of Wrestling Network, every Thursday night on YouTube. Subscribe to our that Patreon. one of the longest like, commercials we've run. <laughs> hey, man, someone asked me a question. I got to do my due diligence. You I know, know it's one of our most dedicated listeners. Yeah, 
yeah. But Patreon. but John, you now know how JD feels when we start talking about Dungeons and Dragons. All right. Yeah, or or anime. Speaking of Dungeons Dude. and Dragons, did you hear what happened at Wizards of the Coast? <laughs> <laughs> and then Kassan said, I love the boys in Invincible. It explores a reality where superhero powers don't make you super moral. Yes, but that's the thing, right? Headphones. Isn't that what separates superheroes from people with powers is that they are moral good people? No, no that's the not, point, though. Yeah, it is. That is the point. It's nihilistic. It's why we don't get into it. Yeah. Because we all, yeah. the three of us, actually, we like the idea of, like, noble superheroes, right? And I think it's just yep. a little bit too... More on that later. I think it's just a little too zeitgeist. You'd be like, but this is what they'd be like for real. And it's, I don't know, man, we've been doing that. I guess if you watch, if you read comics, you've been seeing that kind of stuff since the eighties. And it's just, I don't know. What new do you have to say? I don't feel like the boy says anything new. Yeah. And and if you were going to say, if you were really going to make something about somebody who got superhero powers for real, there was a study, a psychological study done a while ago. I forget when, and I forget the name of the study, but it was like, they took a bunch of people they split them off into two groups. One were the guards, one were the prisoners. And then they just let it run for a while. And yeah. the idea of power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. If they were going to do that for real, half the planet would be dead at that point. And the, it'd be ruled by despots with superpowers. Because sure. no, nine, 99 times out of 100, the person who gets superpowers is just right. going to just... The world is already ruled by despots, so... Yeah, I know it is. But, yeah, and you know, know what? Yeah. And if, and I got to do this to myself. <clears throat> what are you doing? Uh, we don't do that here. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, yeah. I can't remember the name of that study. It, it's, it's fascinating. Like people should read about that. Like they didn't even have the door. The cells weren't even locked, but the prisoners fell into a thing where like they put them in the cell and closed the door and they would stay in there. They could have left anytime they wanted. But the like, Stamp- it, it's called the Stanford prison experiment. Yeah, and it was like, done in August of 1971, and it was, and the results are absolutely fucking terrifying. Except for the fact that if you look at our current oh. politics now, it's not surprising at all. Current politics, terrifying. It's Lord of the Flies, man. I'm talking about this, right? For right. But the thing is, like in 1971, we were still riding high on all of the protections that we had since the Great Depression, the robber barons. And now that you see people with that, I'm sorry, 1979. Well, hold on, hold on. 1971. Ah, yes, when everything was nice and harmonious uh, during the peak of Watergate in Vietnam. True, but we didn't have we didn't have what as much. As we, didn't, we didn't have the not easy. We didn't have the sheer amount of money going from these mega corporations into our politics. And you're seeing exactly the same things that happened right. in that study. So, yeah, if you gave somebody with uh, superpowers, they would be much worse than anybody, any rich person with money who could throw I around think it'd be politicians. I think, they'd, I think they'd be the same because, like, we didn't have the corporation. Like, that really became more of a thing in the 80s. But what we did was the – we did have the yeah, industrial right. war machine. Yeah, we had the industrial war machine that was out there. Oh yeah, no, the the, the like the, running secret wars in Cambodia. The military-industrial complex like, was was yeah. very well. Yeah, so I don't know politics for today, guys. <laughs> yeah, Dave hit the button. And your sociology. Oh, Dave's out. <laughs> out of the show. What? What? Huh? Dave, no, I, we, could, it, we could ignore moving it. Moving on. What are you doing? We don't do that here. I guess we don't. We need uh, Frosty. For, see more of those. Frosty said, "You forgot YouTube." He said, "Smallville." Oh yeah, yeah, Smallville. That that was a good one. <laughs> That was a good one for a long while. Thank you, Gaston. <laughs> That's going to be my... Ten good episodes of Smallville a year. The rest were... All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's the formula. Hold on. It is. And I'll, say, I'll explain that when I get to my answer. My question was then for you two and myself, what is your favorite all-time uh, superhero TV show? And I think I know the answer for John, but go ahead, John. No, this is probably, and, and it's probably a product of, of when it showed during my childhood. This is one of my absolute favorites, though. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say. And then you would go uh, into Bruce Tim. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought you were going to say Justice League Unlimited. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. That I count those together. JD? I will also say Justice League Unlimited. Okay. I, my, my answer is Smallville. Really was that good. Is what? And, and, and the thing is. What was your answer? Oh, mine? Smallville. Smallville, really? Okay. Oh. And Thrawn Kill says uh, Smallville. Smallville is just those pleather jackets with the hood. Oh, by the way, I might add another one onto that. Just Stargirl when it was on. Yeah, it was good. It's amazing. So I've had this conversation with people before and Smallville is a show for people that are Superman fans, but not diehard Superman fans. Right. Canon, what's that? (laughs) And not only that, like it's a gun, right? Back when we had the episodic TV, because they don't really make episodic shows anymore. And like the whole thing with that was you, like you just said with most shows, they always say this, you get, let's say 24 episodes in a season. So you get 10 good episodes, six meh episodes and the rest are crap because they're, they're throwaway episodes that don't mean anything. And that's, that was true for a lot of epic shows. Um, Bo Luke and Pa Kent Thrawn says that's uh John Schneider. Yeah. Like Smallville was essentially Buffy. Right, yeah, in a lot of ways, like three or four seasons, it was pretty much Buffy, and then it really, I think, the show really finds its groove when Erica Durance joins the cast as Lois Lane because she gives like a, uh, she really gives an extra spark to the show. Like she is like my favorite. She did. She's like my favorite Lois Lane of all time. Loved her performance uh, on that show. Right, it was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No. All right. Randy says. Randy says Lana was Ma Kent. Yes, the remarkably gorgeous Neto Tool. All right, that is all of the Social Media Madness for this week. So if you would like to learn more about Superhero Speak and some other great podcasts and follow along on Social Media Madness, here's our good friend Don to tell you more. How's the show going? You join it? Do you want to be part of Social Media Madness? And go ahead and head over to SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all the social links, episodes of the show, you can find comic reviews by Chris and other articles. We're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, So Wizard, and Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All-Stars and you will not be disappointed. So make sure that you are engaging with the Superhero Speak Twitter post whenever they come up. Give us your best comment, and you may make JD say this. I get so tired of these dumb motherfuckers. I... All right, it's back to the show. <laughs> to get yeah. tired of And then while you're here, if you're watching us now or watching this later on, please hit that subscribe button, click that bell for notifications, so you don't miss us when we go live Sunday nights at 8.30 Eastern. Um, oh, yeah, and also I wanted to say something... I don't know what's going on. I, Chris, if you're watching this or listening afterwards, I uh, hope you're all right. I have not heard from him in a while. So oh, I'm not sure what's going on there. That's why there hasn't been a comic book review up on the website in a little bit. Yeah. So oh, Chris is 
Yeah. So yeah. Um, I sent him some books and he hasn't responded. And then I realized he did send me a, uh, a month ago a review on one of the Punisher books. And I forgot to put it up on the website, which I will put that up this week, even though it's a little late. But he, I said, oh, I forgot. I didn't see this. But he didn't respond to that either. So I'm not sure if he's mad or if something's going on. So It's the holidays, so I mean, hopefully he's just busy. Yeah, probably just busy at the holidays. Everybody gets busy around this time. Yeah. All right. Some well, on stupid. that note, we'll take a quick commercial break. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, we haven't gotten a new one yet. Um, oh, man. <laughs> we'll be right back with some news. Okay. Some podcasts are like this. I think someone, someone put it lightly and quite cleverly. It's like... Girls aren't like you know, lesbians aren't turned off by dicks. They're turned off of what's behind them. And I was like, "Yo, fuck yeah!" What's behind a dick? A butt? The no, the man. Oh. <laughs> that was so fucking stupid. And some podcasts are like this. I have an upsetting opinion. I'm ready. A corn dog is a tamal. F off. What? No, hold on, hold on. Think about it. You need to F off. It's like a loose corn-based batter that's cooked around a central filling. I, You're am cooked I around here? a central filling. Am I crazy? Am I crazy here? Yeah. A corn dog shares so many more similarities to a tamal than a Wellington. I disagree. I think the corn dog is more related to fried catfish than it is to tamale. I like how I looked at the graphic <laughs> to see what a corn dog is. Fried cabbage, what is that? But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Putting up all the equipment, talking to dudes putting on gloves as they're shutting things down. It's like, Weightlifting gloves. Fuck <laughs> you. You thought you were going to come out on top, huh, Steve? Yeah. Now he beat you. No. <laughs> you fucking bait. Now we. Care who I was before you beat the record. The machine is ours. Your wife, your children, ours. Now we beat you. Destroying this cabinet. With no survivors. <laughs> This is Beat 'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. The people in those commercials get dumber every week. We've seen that one before, but I've even lost like, the humor in them, right? Because the first guy is just really dumb. And then the second one, it's, it's now I'm annoyed that she says F off. It's like, just say fuck. Sam says, oh, F off. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's so much more off putting to me to hear someone just like censor themselves by, I don't know. It's lame. Those are both lame. At least the porn star ones are funny when they're being like, the conversations are like funny or like when they play the really stupid people. This one was just like that annoying. Randy, hear that, Randy? More porn stars. All right. Oh, Randy said he sent a new one. Oh, good. Next week we get a new one. And you know what? I mean, more people don't submit these to us. Like, because we have a lot of podcasts that we hang out with. I have. Oop, I did not mean to click on that. I have asked everyone in our the Geek World All Stars, like, 
create an ad and we will gladly play it. And Randy's the only one willing to make them. And they're funny every week. Yeah. So yeah. He's a funny man. A corn dog does not have anything in common with fried catfish, though. He's right. It, the more I think about it, I'm like, you know what? It is like a tamale. <laughs> it's not a corn. It's nothing like fried catfish. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so cat, catfish, fish, ocean, ocean heroes, Aquaman. Speaking sure. of Aquaman, and he's got a movie coming out very shortly. Jason Momoa said he wants to keep playing Aquaman, but doubts he will return. Uh, this is according to Entertainment Tonight. Did an interview with them. So what do we think? Is this shocking? We know he that Gunn wants to redo everyone. He's quickly killing off, getting rid of the current cast. But I'm wondering, saying this out loud right before the movie comes out, is that just going to hurt the movie even more? David, I got bad news for you. No one's going to see this movie. doesn't matter. Well, look, look how everything's trended this are. year. <laughs> yeah, us. We're stupid. Like, So we're going to go... John O'Grady says, Kassan, my hero was up there, but I'm old and I've seen a lot more material. Kassan um, asked me if I was going to say my hero academia is yeah. one of the best ones. But. Keep, keep that stuff in the private messages, guys. Okay, we're moved on. No, this, this is going to this is going to be the, uh, a disaster. Like they, gentlemen, oh, yeah. we're going to a, we're going to awake next week. <laughs> I want to ask. Okay, so, serious question, completely serious question, right? It's serious answer. Um, the Marvels was a complete disaster for. Disney, right? Like, it didn't deserve it, but yeah, but yes. What circumstances? Will, will Aquaman yeah. do better or worse than the Marvel? Better, yeah, okay. only because better domestic Larson hater contingent better, and better. Yeah. But yeah. Blue Beetle was good. I think we all agreed the best superhero movie of the year, Blue Beetle, and that did toilet water. Yeah, I guess the question is, does Jason Momoa have more drawing power than Brie Larson? Which oh yeah, yes, no, from the movie, he does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Chicks dig yeah. Jason Momoa. He's yes, a handsome man. I think it'll do better, but I don't think it'll do great. Because no, I don't think it'll be do great either. But yeah, it's like I said, we're going to awake. This is it. This is like our chance to say goodbye to the DC AU EU. What do they call it? EU. What it was it? EU. Yeah, DC EU, and just say extended goodbye. universe. Yeah, it's not so extended after all. It's now the DC retracted universe. They, uh, you know, we'll say see you later. Hopefully, the final installment is pretty entertaining that's this is it kassan says listen like, sometimes the train wreck attracts a crowd the dcu is about to catch some predictable as come i just is about to come to predictive a predicted catastrophic end people may want to watch it burn i don't think so i think these movies have been met yeah. with apathy all year i don't think there's that much Gronk Hill says he'll bring mm-hmm. some fast universe crowd to see it maybe nobody wouldn't saw him in the fast this the movie with him was the worst performing fast movie that's the problem with this year and i've said it more on the show and i'll keep saying it this was the year the franchises all took a crap yeah nobody went to franchise movies all right, year it wasn't just, if right, I did, like every, it's about dune 2 coming out to be honest with you they, they, everyone kept trying to say it, it's superhero movies dying it was like no it's all franchise movies died this year mission impossible died like we said fast x died like anything this year that was a sequel to something and there were a lot of sequels this year let me tell you did yeah. not perform well at the box office. Nothing. Mm. Nothing. Well, the successes were Barbie, Oppenheimer, a couple horror movies, and then uh, Godzilla 1, which is just small, but it was fine. Randy's like him in the fast. He's great in everything. Jason was the man. Because that's JD. Your audio is breaking up. Oh, sorry, man. Hopefully yeah, we can rec- close some things on your computer, man. Hopefully <laughs> we the audio and I can reconcile and bring this back. Yeah. Thrawn Kill but, says but, No. Blasphemer, Dune 2 will be glorious. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I, don't, anyway, I think but, but it, like, this is just capping off the WB 
making every bad decision for the last 10 years. Yeah. Like they, they keep announcing movies and then they kill off the reason to see it. Even on their shows, was it Swamp Thing, right? They announced that they were canceling it the day before they started, the day before the streams went live. What the hell? And then the Batgirl movie and all this, they just, they have every, every decision they're making is from a CEO point of view of, I have to keep our stock up and not from anything that would have actually helped the company. David Zaslov. Okay, and at the same time, yeah. the stuff they have released has been bad. They brought Michael Keaton back to Batman this year, and no one cared. They brought a brand new Latino superhero to the theaters this year that scored great scores, right? Rotten Tomatoes did good. Critics loved it. Loved it. Problem is, there weren't enough of them to go see it, right? Yeah. yeah. They're making bad... The, and people are mad. Like, here's what I'm saying. Here's, they released the Flash movie. That was, and again, we liked it, but none of us thought it was amazing. And they didn't release the movie. How was that? Look, legitimately speaking, how bad was the Batgirl movie? It was probably terrible. Yeah. Eventually, I, mean, I think it'll make its way out to the public somehow. We'll see it. It's too easy to cop. It's probably too easy to copy the original material, and then somebody will get a hold of it and edit it. No one has it. WB is run like a shenanigans. Is that a restaurant? Is that a chain restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> if it is, I wouldn't eat there. But yeah, no, that sounds yeah, about right. Yeah, I agree. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most mismanaged. We have bad uh, in the middle. Yeah, most okay. mismanaged yeah. IPs ever, though. Yeah. And this is why Drew's comment earlier about pro wrestling. This is why pro wrestling because Zaslov makes weird decisions. Yeah. Makes weird. Well, he's, decisions. he's making CEO decisions about stock prices. He's not. But he, he's not making a decision. That would actually help the stock price because CEOs these days just have no fucking clue about it. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with David Zasloff. Nothing he's done has helped their stock price. They're still billions of dollars in debt. Yeah. In fact, yeah. In fact all, the st- all the decisions he's made has just hurt them more. And at some point, they may get rid of him. And when they get rid of him, it's going to, it's going to pull the cord on his golden parachute. They'll have to pay him like $20 million to leave his last FU as he walks out. And uh, he'll get hired immediately by another company because that's how CEOs like that work. Kassan Warren says, actually, I was listening to a podcast called The Critical Drinker, funny, who was very vocal against reinvestigating the plot. He thought it was actually good. Sir, let me tell you about a man who spent four years rallying for the new Mutants movie because he thought the concept sounded fantastic. A bunch of mutants trapped in an insane asylum and having to figure things out. Oh, oh no. I thought <laughs> I thought for 4 years this movie is going to be something New Line doesn't know like they're just being harsh cuz New Line's dying. This movie is going to be good. I'm telling you guys the trailer looked good. I was all about the new movie. It had any Anya Taylor Joy in it? Anya Taylor Joy. It had uh, the short Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. She was Wolfsbane. Like it had the guy from Stranger Things. It was actually really well cast. Mm-hmm. The movie sucked. And I I waited years to talk about this years. And I was like, no, I'm telling you guys, this is going to be all right. This is going to be a horror movie. That's why it didn't work because Marvel doesn't want horror movies. They're just mad because this doesn't go in with what Disney wants. They were right. (laughs) It was bad. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Speaking of things that nobody watched, did you guys watch the Merry Little Batman? I did. Oh, okay. Because it it totally flew over my head. I I completely missed it. I can go and watch it now, but I watched it with the end one. Yeah. Did he like it? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. He loved it. That was great. It was a little kid. Definitely a Batman's kids. Damien getting in trouble on Christmas. Be his dad. 
It's being super um, overprotective. It's it's got a great little moral. Bruce is overprotective of Damien because he never got to have a childhood and he lost his parents when he was the same age. A little tear jerk. Yeah, I I have nothing but good things to say about Merry Little Batman. Thank God Zaslav sold it to the Amazon. I will say that uh, according to James Gunn, there will be more animated. He called, said Elseworlds DCU specials like the Merry Little Batman going forward. So good. He's saying it's an Elseworlds to the DCU, so it's somehow connected to what he's building. DC, for every bad thing they've done, their animated shows usually are good. Yeah. Their animated division knows what they're doing. They've had a few missteps lately because of all the shenanigans, but otherwise, they're usually the best of the bunch. Agreed. I will say this, though, when I watched the preview I thought the animation style was weird. Did, what did you think? You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it, Dave. You hate because you hate anything that's not traditional. What's the animation style? It's different. I wouldn't. I don't know how I would characterize it. Very. Ex- maybe like the funnies from the comics, maybe mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. John will like it. Dave will say this is not what I see in a comic book. Ergo, bad. Kassan says the animated shows are good, probably because the execs look down on the art and don't interfere. And I feel that's true for that. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah it's possible. <sighs> yeah, most likely that's what's going on. All right, so moving for moving on. So I didn't, I did not hear these rumors, but they've already been uh, debunked. Garth Edwards, who was the director of Rogue One, uh, a Gareth. Star Wars story. Apparently, there were a lot of rumors that he was Gareth. going to be directing Thor Five, and he has come out and said no, that is not true at all. Gareth Edwards. Yes, you're correct there, and he's not. He was shot down for that. I don't know if they're even developing Thor. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my your computer brutal really pronunciation. Crazy for a oh, so your brutal pronunciation of names. Gareth. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Did I, what did I say? Yeah. Oh, Gareth. Yeah. Garth. Garth. I said like, Garth. Like, yeah, Garth, like, Gareth. Like, like party on. <laughs> yeah. No, like I, I don't even know, man. They haven't announced yet. Mar- Marvel's in a weird place right now. Where we don't really know what's happening. Jonathan Majors, they don't either. Still. Maybe no. That, that's the thing. For the first time, I feel like Kevin Feige's. I don't know what the fuck to do. Mm. Do we want a Thor five? Honestly, I do not. Yeah, because it's like, what are they going to do? Explore his relationship with his now adopted daughter? <sighs> Very much like a retirement film at the. Oh. I don't know, man. Idea of moving it wasn't a great retirement film, but no, the idea of moving out of the heroes is probably not working. Yeah, just give us X Men and Fantastic Four and move on. Spider Man, I want another. Yeah, well, I'm. We're supposed to get three more Spider Man movies. We'll see what happens. But by the way, just to interject here, speaking of things that are on streaming that aren't really part of the main universe. I came across this, and I keep forgetting to tell you guys, on Max streaming, there's this thing called Flash Escaped, Escaped the Midnight Circus, and it's a podcast, an audio-only story about The Flash, and there's a yeah. couple of episodes of it. Yeah, they, so, they have a, there's a, I think there's an, it's either X-Men or Wolverine one that's uh, hmm. pretty popular. I know it's definitely Wolverine-centric, but yeah, there's a couple podcasts like that that are actually sanctioned by... DC or and or Marvel. But I just I I mentioned it because people on the show might want to hear about that. It's right. called again, it's on Max.com, The Flash Escape the Midnight Circus. And it's a podcast. Oh. All right. <laughs> Sorry, having problems. Technical difficulties. Yes. <laughs> My bad. And Randy Say, says, bring back Luke Cage. Great oh, at least give us a finish to that storyline for crying out loud. <sighs> nope. Never gonna happen. 
Coulter, that's I don't think forever, it's ever, That's going to forever trigger my OCD. <laughs> Coulter was never returned to the, the role, unfortunately. Mm. They call it an audio drama, John, according to Kassan. They do. <laughs> thank, thank you, Kassan. They have one for yeah. Batman. Yeah, that's, yeah. I knew that. Big finish you, doing you, them for Doctor you, Who for decades. Kassan, yes. you, you do know that you're talking to somebody who used to listen to The Shadow on the radio, right? When it was airing <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> Originally, yes. And Green Hornet. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. And then our last little bit of news for this week. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? John O'Grady knows. Yeah, the flash. I do. I keep a list. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> He's, that's Randy's replying to Kassad. Ooh, la la, someone is getting late in college. <laughs> oh. Audio drama. Correcting you. So right. anyway. Our, our that took me a second. Fighting that's each good. other. Over on Threads, apparently James Gunn uh, posted this was picked up by uh, Variety. He said <clears> that the, one of the worst things, one of the worst elements in recent superhero movies is what he calls... Cameo porn. Hmm? Oh, I, we've never seen that in comic books before. <laughs> Especially so, <you're> wrong. <laughs> so yeah, yeah no, he's not wrong in, at all. No, it's shooing, shoehorning yeah. characters in to like appease people. I think one of the things he's talking about is the most recent one is Beast at the end of the Marvels. I think um, that one kind of. I think that one kind of works though. But he's not. Like it wasn't. I don't think it's as bad now as it was probably about six, seven years ago, where they were just doing it constantly. Or what about in the, the end of the Eternals, where we got uh, what's his face, Harry Some Styles, as Eros? Yeah, yeah. That was no like, and then nothing came of that either. And it's well, like, and, and, and but that's the thing. Like God. it was okay when they were doing it in the first phase one through three because everything led to something. But now they've yeah. got so many things out there, and they and in like you said. Even Feige is at this point probably not knowing what he's going, what's going on, what he's doing. Like the gimmicks, all of out. these cameos, just they're just cameos. They don't do anything for us anymore. It's a played out gimmick. Yeah, right? that's the problem. What was cool in 2008 isn't cool anymore. But like, isn't that true with everything? Yeah, yeah. Theories are if played gonna, out at this. If you're going to do the cameos and not have them mean anything, don't do them. Then what's People the point, right? Yeah, mm. exactly. I agree. Again, like like. It, like I said, I think it was the last week or the week before, they've been hinting at Young Avengers and Dark Avengers and building something in these like after credit cameo scenes for a couple of years now and nothing. They're getting the, a Dark first... Avengers. They're making that. I don't want them to, but they are. Yeah. Or Thunderbolts. It's not Thunderbolts. A, it's says not it's a fight out gimmick when, the, when it's the main pillar in Deadpool 3. It's not a gimmick in that, though. Like, in Deadpool 3, it's crux of a story. So it's not like... It, it, and again, it's, in a comedy, the rules are different because you're going for humor. And it's just... Yeah. And it's just played out. The whole Shazam cameo scene was fumbled entirely. Oh, uh, God. It was... No, that that's yeah. when they were just... They're just sticking Wonder Woman at the end of every movie just to well, get... Gunn was talking specifically about... Gunn specifically meant Economos and Harcourt. Are stuck at the end of Shazam to join them. Yeah. They have joined this Justice Society and Guns. I didn't approve this. I don't know why they're why that doesn't make any sense. Why this happened, which is weird because one of them is his wife, and you think he would have known that she was going to work that day. But yeah. clear, apparently, he wasn't thrilled with that and just put the kai he put the kibosh in the whole thing. Like the whole universe is getting reboot except for the stuff that James Gunn works on, which is uh, very Jeff Johns in, in the mainstream DC Comics universe. Well, now that I think. About it. Uh, also, think about this too, right? Not just that one—the Black Adam, Superman cameo, like that became completely meaningless after well, all be- of that. Here's the reason that whole thing happened: is Dwayne 
shook his big rock in front of yeah. the WBD office and said, this is what we're going to do. This is what it's going to be. Black Adam's going to fight Superman. Like, all right, sure. Look, this is what you want. Dwayne's movies make a lot of money. And then Black Adam didn't make any money. And they were like, oh, fuck. And then everyone got fired. That's the whole reason why Gunn's in charge. Yeah. It's because Dwayne tried to take over the DCU. And it didn't work. But, yeah, but that's also a cameo that like mm-hmm. we really didn't need. No, not so. at all. Not at all. That's yeah. exactly what he's talking mm-hmm. about. Cameo porn. It's a great way to describe it, actually. And the end of, of uh, Shazam, where, you know, like they're trying to go for a little bit. He's not dead, but like they're going for a little bit of gravitas. And then the Wonder Woman theme plays and she shows up smiling. And it's, like, yeah, this is not fitting any kind of mood here. This is literally the definition of cameo porn. Like it had nothing to do with anything, broke the mood completely. Her cameo you know. in Flash was better. Yeah. It's the yeah. same exact scene. It's the same exact scene, right? Yeah. Man, those well, movies. Yeah, she's so, had like, the same exact scene theme in uh, scene yeah. in three different movies now. Yeah, it's weird. Like those movies are really gonna get looked back on in a couple of years. People are like, wow, this is really off the rails. So you could tell the right hand does not know what the left hand is doing. It's a good thing Matt Reeves is a lot to make his weird ass Batman movie and no one bugged him. Yeah. And it worked. Well, it it worked. worked. <clears throat> I'm worried that's not gonna go anywhere though. They're making All right. he's got a penguin TV show coming out that's set in his universe. That is so. true. That is true. Yeah. So we'll see. All <laughs> right. That is all the news I brought this week. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to say, this is tangent to Dungeons and Dragons, but don't worry about it, Jay. This is just, this might be interesting. Hasbro. <laughs> ha- Hasbro, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So Hasbro, one of the g- biggest toy makers of literally several generations of kids. And uh, you'd think that this year they, they had the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which did really good. They had Baldur's Gate 3, which came it out. not do really good. It died. It, it was a good it movie. Did, it we all liked way, it. It did way better than any of the other Dungeons and Dragons movies. It was enough to, to get a enough to get a sequel, and, and and then the Baldur's Gate three game comes out. You'd think Hasbro would be on top of the world. They just laid off twenty percent of all of Wizards of the Coast. Huh. So it's about and, meeting ex, It's about meeting expect shareholder expectations projections. Yes. Excuse me. It's about meeting yes. shareholder projections, not about actual success. Right. When Wizards yeah. of the Coast was a privately owned company, they did okay. And then when they're now they're publicly owned by Hasbro and it's yeah, but it's just like uh, over my lifetime, I've seen so many things that like made a difference in my childhood and in my life go away because of all this money crap and Hasbro seriously Hasbro's in trouble because the CEOs don't want to give up some of their couple of million yeah. and millions of dollars j- to save Are- a couple of jobs and instead just lay off. Like the guy from Larian Studios who made Baldur's Gate 3, he said almost everybody he knows that he worked with for Baldur's Gate 3, all the art directors and artists and all that, they're all gone from Hasbro. Are they broke? Yeah. Are they broke? Or are they just trying to meet projections? Because that's the easiest They're meeting thing projections. Yeah. Meeting pro- that's what I'm saying. There's a difference between being broke and, and underperforming what Wall Street expects. And the easiest right. way to fix that is to fire a bunch of people and make the people who are still there work 10 times harder. Yep, that's what CEOs right. do. That's how corporate America teaches us. Like, it doesn't matter how. I've been reading a lot of stuff that's interesting about how having a private company is actually much better than having a public company because then you don't have to do this. You can run the company the way you want to. You don't have to answer to a board share. Like, you don't have to answer to a board. Like, it's just maybe you don't make the volumes of money, but the companies are so much more difficult to run this way. And this is and, what and, we're gonna have. And there's this, and I don't know if this is a holdover from like the early internet company boom days. 
but it's every company now that's publicly held has to make enormous gains every year mm-hmm. or they're considered even if they're just, even if they're making small gains every year and they're fine and there's no way they're going out of business that's still not enough and they're considered failures mm-hmm. and then they do the, and then the board for, forces stuff like layoffs and crap for no reason god i could do a whole hour yeah i know on, on I, the, but i just thought early like 2000s you know, internet dot uh, com boom because it was like no one knew none of these people knew what was going on they didn't understand the internet and they were like buying up these little companies people were starting these companies and they were getting bought up left and right and people didn't know what was going on and a lot of money was like wasted (laughs) and we talk about this about the streaming wars too it's like up until covid all these streaming services are like oh we'll make money soon we'll maybe make money soon just and the venture capitalists were just dump backing up dump trucks into their yards with with cash and then covid hit and they're like oh all the financial stuff is going down the tubes we need to see the money now from our investments in your streaming service and all the streaming services are like, Oh shit. That's why they're starting to take huge amounts of content offline and raising prices like crazy. It's, it's all connected. All right. You know what? In the wise words of T'Challa, <clears throat> what are you doing? Uh, we don't do that here. We actually do talk about that here, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, we were getting too in the weeds. I think. All right. On that note, we'll take a really quick commercial break. Be back with our main topic. Wow, the stinger. Timmy, I'm from the Dream Come True Fantasy Contest. You ready to wrestle? You bet. Mom, Dad, it's really him. Come on, hold on. Okay, now I'm ready. Yeah! It looks so real. Yeah! Don't count on Sprite to do anything but quench your thirst. After these messages, we'll be right back. I'm not, I'm not a wrestling guy, but that commercial makes me laugh every freaking time. <laughs> it's a childhood favorite of mine. God, I love Sting. He's retiring this year at uh, Revolution in February. Oh, he's yeah. Be, he's, he's 64. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. See, look, I played that oh. in honor of, A, it's a throwback, and B, you had so much wrestling talk earlier in the show. There you Appreciate go. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> My favorite. All right, guys. We are. Yeah, you have the math to prove it. We we watched an old show. <laughs> Look at this what's week. happened to me. I can't believe it myself. Suddenly, I'm up for the world. It should have been somebody else. Da, 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 singing this song. Believe it or not, I'm walking on it. Is that not like the TV theme song ever? Seriously. That- that 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 song made it to number two on the Billboard charts. Legitimately, it was a hit. Like it's a legitimate yeah. hit. Yeah. yeah. Who was the? I can't think of his name. The guy Mike who Post. Did, like, Mike Post Mike was Post. the guy who wrote the song. It's a different singer, but I forget who's the singer. Uh, Mike, Mike, Mike and Mike Post did everything. Also did movies. Tales of the Gold Monkey, The Quest, Powers of Matthew Star, uh, A Team. I have no idea what those shows um, you just mentioned. Okay, A Team. Hill Street he Blues. Did the, I know the A-team. Hill Street Blues. Like almost every Castle McCormick, uh, yeah. Murphy's Law, like every almost everything that you everything, can think of, everything from the eighties. Quantum Leap. He did. Yeah. He did all the songs for Quantum Leap. Yeah. Do, 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 do. The good Quantum Leap, about the shit one that's on Peacock now. Yeah. Silk Stockings, Great Pretender, Doogie Howe. I know the Silk Stockings. That was on after Monday Night Raw, and then every week, saw mm-hmm. many an episode of Silk Stockings at twelve. 
He also did Cop Rock, so I don't know if he still so, does that. But. So, uh, Greatest American Hero, for those who don't know, it was a TV show that ran from 1981 to 1983. Three seasons on, on I think, was it ABC? ABC. Uh, it was ABC originally, yes. Yeah, ABC, starring William Catt, Connie Selica, and Robert Culp. And Robert Culp, who was a national freaking treasure. He's yeah. fantastic. And, uh, he was William amazing. Catt. And uh, you guys ever see the Star Wars William Cat auditions with Kurt Russell? Yes, yes. Or Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. And it, these guys are good actors, and it doesn't work. It, it's funny because there's a lot of stories about when they were making that movie and everyone auditioned. That there's this big group of circle of people that knew each other in Hollywood that were trying to make it, and everyone auditioned for Star Wars. Palma, De Palma, and Lucas held their auditions together because De Palma was making a movie at the same time, right? And they're buddies, so they held the auditions. So while William Cat did not get the role of Luke Skywalker, he got the he got to be the good guy in Carrie. Yeah, that's yep. right. So that that's that was his breakthrough. Was he was the guy who was nice to Carrie White, and then wound up dying. He didn't die in the fire. He got killed when the bucket hit him in the head. And then Carrie goes and kills everybody. So 1981, um, I'm curious, like you were one, J.D., so you weren't watching this when it first came out. I'm pretty sure I watched it. I'm pretty sure my parents watched it because I remember this show as a kid. I might have watched it in reruns is all I can come up with because three it was canceled when I was three. I remember, I vividly remember watching this show as a little kid. So must have been in reruns or something. It was heavily syndication. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been. My, I remember my, I swear to God, watching a lot of like weird. I remember watching like the Hulk and I remember watching like Dukes of Hazzard. It's like really little, like just yeah. being, not maybe not watching it, but just like it being part of what was going on in life. So I've always known of this show. Like I never discovered it. Like I've always known about it. All right. Then, John, you were I watched 23, 24 when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> I was y- still young enough that I remember being being confined to my room. I was being punished. And sneaking out of my room, pretty small one, uh, my man, pretty slender. Yeah, and ninja and ninjing it all the way to right behind the couch, so I could look around the base of the couch and watch it while my parents were sitting on the couch, not knowing I was there, because I really because I loved that show. It yeah. was it's a great show. I remember. Yeah. yeah, I was like I was six when the show came out, and I just remember it was different, and I really loved it, and I loved. I already loved superheroes at that point. As I was saying earlier, like it was, it felt like it was the first superhero show that was mine, right? Because it was a different character. It wasn't Hulk or Spider Man or Batman. It was something completely different. What a crazy premise for a show, too, right? It was done. It was done by Stephen J. Cannell, who mm-hmm. had just formed his own company, and he wanted to do a show where he subverted the idea of here's a superhero. He wanted to make it about the characters and the effects of being a superhero on this person, Ralph Hinckley, and all the people around him. And not he didn't want it to be the serial save the day every episode. Pretty much like, right. imagine the boys if it wasn't nihilistic. Yeah, exactly. That's like, that's like if the boys didn't, if the boys didn't hate humanity and the idea of superheroes in itself, like. This is what it is. Like, it's very, it's very charming. Like, I don't know, man. I, yes. I love, I loved watching this. That's very cool. Joseph, appreciate you jumping in. Let's talk about this trailer. Right, let's talk about the pilot. This is what this is. We watched it. It's essentially, I was amazed how long it was. Cause like, I saw this on YouTube. 
this is on this is the first episode is available on first few episodes i think are available on youtube for anybody to watch and uh, it's an hour 40 minutes long so this is like definitely it premiered as a two hour made for tv movie which was a thing in the 70s 80s and 90s where people just made movies directly for a lot of times it was to jump television show and this is what this was yep dave <laughs> so anyway it's right so the dave's, he, he made this Egon. <laughs> dave's busy yeah it, it, it was made for, for a two-hour pilot it was done very late in the season so they only had enough room for another for eight episodes for the first season technically well and it really feels it like it feels like they didn't even yeah. think they were going to get a show out of this because there's like six different episodes going on in this like two hour show. Like there's yeah, so they, much they, plot crammed into this. That is one of the one of the one of the problems that they ran into really quickly is you have you have he's got he's getting a divorce. He has a kid. His and Connie Selica was his divorce attorney who was only supposed to be there for the pilot, but she did so well. And the and she tested so well that the audience loved her so much that they brought her back as a regular. And then you've got William Cat and Robert Culp or Hinckley and, and Maxwell hating on each other in the beginning and the interaction there. You've got right. the students in the class that that Ralph Hinckley's trying to teach at the same like they have this a huge amount going on all all at the same time. So let's talk, um, let's dive into this. This is a show that starts out with a dune buggy chase through the desert. Right. It's a really weird cold opening. Yeah. There's, Super. there's a dune. There's, and there's John, who is an FBI agent, who you find out later is Maxwell's partner. And he's getting chased by. Now, here's the weird thing Chris Chofasis. Oh my God. Chris I'm Cho- so glad this is fiction. Like, it's, you know what? This show could but be. Don't like, you get the idea? Like, yeah, literally. Don't you get a feeling like they're skinheads in the beginning? Yes. And they're chasing well, that's an African-American. That's what African they are. They're still fascists. Yeah. They're They are skinheads. Yes. They're skinheads. You know what I mean? Like, they don't come out and say that in the show. They have to. They tell you right away. They're singing Onward Christian Soldier while they're shooting a black guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, holy shit. Like, like, yeah. I'm just like, holy shit. What an old, like, what a crazy thing for this show. Because, like. I remember this. I always thought this was like of a light fair of a show. No, we're going into New World Order, Christo fascist skinheads trying to take over the government. Like, yeah. and, and if you played that today, fuck? people would be like, "It's too on point. Yeah. It's too too well, close to reality." Which leads me to believe maybe it was like that too back then. There was more that going on in, in the underneath that we realized because it's spooky. But like, we very quickly dark that story. We meet a special ed teacher in Kenya who's got a classroom full of 30-year-olds. He's trying <laughs> yeah. to, like, mentor well, along. His people are all, okay. very, they're all, like, peers of his. It's very not, like, they don't look like teenagers, I'll tell you that. So here's the funny thing about it. Is is it just me, or did you get the impression that they were the sweat hogs from Welcome Back Carter? 100%. Oh, well, dude, Well, this totally. was part Welcome Back Carter, right? Part of it, but it's, it's, give me a superhero show, but make the hero Cotter. It very much that vibe to it. This guy, it, so the teacher agrees he's going to have a boxing match with his most troublesome student. And I went, uh-huh. wow, dude, I would just love that if that was a thing. Mm-hmm. If you could just say, hey, kid, I'm going to meet you after school. And I'm up. <laughs> that's well, clearly not a thing. And this, and the common, the common comparison that's made is this is Green Lantern and Welcome Back Cotter. Because yeah, kind if, of, it, yeah. if you think about it, Aliens giving a special item to a person that gives them powers. 
Yeah, no, it's one hundred percent Green Lantern. Like it's totally that's a great way to describe it. It's Green Lantern meets Welcome Back, Otter. That's the best mm-hmm. description I've ever heard of this. So this guy, he has his he he has his class. He's having a hard time reaching these kids. Very Edward James stand and deliver. I've got to reach these kids, and they don't want it. They're fighting in the classroom. Like I've never seen this. They're throwing desks at people. This is intense. And then the guy goes home and. He's a single dad, and he's in a, going through some nasty divorce proceedings with his wife, who I guess is a, his ex-wife's a super, and she's always on the road, so she can't take care of the kid. But they're trying to necessity and his Celica not, and they're gonna get married because they're a couple. Like, there's a lot happening, like in the first ten minutes of this show, and I'm like, whoa, they're throwing so much plot for some reason. He decides to take an unauthorized field trip to the desert, which would get you fired. And- as a teacher, I can tell you, <laughs> take another <laughs> field trip to the desert where my bus broke down. I would not have a job to come back to one day. Not Ralph Hink. He winds up okay. Wandering the desert because, again, he leaves these kids at the bus to the desert for reasons. He the agent who's completely drunk. And then they are visited by aliens. I, I, you know what? And it's funny. I want to point that out, too. When I was a kid, the fact that Maxwell, Bill Maxwell was drinking went completely over my head. I did not pick up that oh, he yeah. was a drunk. Yeah. It's a little subtle. They played it a little subtle. And he, he, I feel like he played it like you would see a real guy, not like you usually see it on TV, right? Like an understated subtlety to Robert Culp's performance. Or like he's clearly, if you know a drunk, he's drunk, but he's not like right. super sloppy about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. I think that's the thing. You don't pick up on that. And, and and it's and the whole odd couple feel between Hinkley and Maxwell too, right? Like yeah. they were definitely lifeblood well, of the show. And, 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 and here's the thing. Those two actors did not like each other in the beginning. And here's the thing. Again, they're such good actors that they said that they figured, oh, I don't like this guy. I'm near, I pretty much hate him. We'll use that because the, mm-hmm. the characters weren't getting along in the beginning either. And mm-hmm. so right. it worked out perfectly. <laughs> it does. He gets this package and then he, he hits a suit. It's this alien superhero suit and he loses instruction. So he puts the suit on, feels like an idiot. All this stuff going on. He's late for school where he gets into the actual fight with the kid. He fights this kid, loses. What's the technicality? The judge's decision. He loses the fight. Weird. Then he's late because of the fight went long. So he's late to his court proceedings with the kid. And he doesn't, he can't get there on time. So he decides to suit on, but it doesn't work. And he's got to have a kid teach him how to use the suit. And there's Justice League, right? There's Super Friends at one yep. point. I blew my mind. And the suit gets to work. And then they lock him up because he hits a wall and he passes out. And the cops arrest him. And there's a private to get information for the ex wife's. There's so much going on. And then they lock yep. him up. And then you find out he has ESP powers. And he sees that Maxwell is being captured by the fascist skinheads. Yep. And like he's like, I gotta save these guys. I don't know how. And he just discovers he has superpowers. Then his his de facto girlfriend attorney's like, You're fucking nuts. You are fucking nuts. And he goes, No, I can fly. And she's, Oh, this is fucking nuts. This is the show. It's 90 yeah. minutes of lunacy. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yet the whole point is that what really grabs you is that these actors, like William Cat, makes you feel like he cares. 100 percent He cares. This, and Maxwell, yeah. I'm sorry, the, the writing for Maxwell for it is some of the most fun lines I've ever heard. Like some of the funniest, some of the most on point lines for the Fed agent. It's just like 
almost everything that comes out of it is hilarious and and perfect. This, this show with lesser actors wouldn't have worked. The only yeah. reason this pilot worked is William Cat is so damn charming and earnest. Like I said before, these are he he just buys into this. These aliens told him he has to do this, and he's like, okay. The suit clearly works. I have to do this, and he's so convincing. He cares so much. You feel how much he loves his son. You feel how much he loves his students. Like he feels honor bound to do this thing. And he clearly loves this, his attorney played by the super gorgeous Connie Selica, who's like way in over her head. Like the care. That's why this whole is, is the character relationships in just the 90 pilot. Like they, they throw at you, but the is so like perfect. The whole thing just, it lands, it works in a way it, it probably shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It just did as an aside. This Joseph guy, I think that's an AI. I don't think that's uh I don't, I don't think that's a real person. Yeah. That's fine. Don't pull up I, I, comments anymore. Yeah. And I don't know how to like to block them on here yet. So we'll you have to go to X and block them. Fine. So that, that but that's got the feeling of a, our wonderful new AI era. Some, somebody's trying out an AI and they're spamming us. Yeah, and, and again, they've said that it's lightning in a bottle because they have tried several reboots since then. It's never it's works. Not, it could work. It, the problem is that the concept of the show, which is to subvert the superhero genre. Right. The, I think the rights right now are owned by Disney, and Disney is already having trouble with superhero genre, and they've nixed several interesting ideas of bringing it back over the last 20 years. Disney's so, to the superhero genre. Invert. Say that again. You broke up there, man. Sorry about that. Disney's having trouble verting the superheroes, let alone inverting it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a great show. This is a great Mm. show. This pilot episode is a better. um, Hoping it would. Remember being a charming show. Like I remember liking it as a kid. I remember my mom liked it, but it really works in a way that. 70s 80s tv really was solid like it's a procedural show but it's there's the intriguing they write it the acting is solid most tv sucks even back then most tv sucked mm. for as good as it is the play is plus i can't so, I have nothing bad to say about it the show had some trouble because literally i think it was a day or two after the pilot aired john hinckley jr tried to assassinate the president Oops. Sorry. And so you can see in literally the second episode, every time somebody goes to say, because the main character's name is Ralph Hinckley. Yeah, that, we're getting to that too. Because thanks, Kassan. You got to bring you on the show at some point. You got knowledge, man. But anyway, okay. so like anytime somebody goes to say the last name Hinckley, they're, they, they basically blocked it out. And then from, I think, the fourth episode on, they called him Hanley for a little bit. Yes. Until things calmed down. And then it went back to Hinckley, I think, into the second season. Um, John Hinckley, for those of you guys who aren't Gen Xers or baby boomers, John Hinckley, right? Shot, right? Yeah. 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 And he's literally, John Hinckley Jr. is the reason why we had an assault weapons ban for a couple of years. And it didn't last, unfortunately. Did not last. So anyway, yeah. So that that was fun. And let's, oh yeah, going back to what Don said. And yeah, good, good, uh, good find, Kassan. Uh, I had that on my list too. So WB suit, and again, we like we said, the his powers were more like Green Lantern, but WB didn't like the fact that oh, he's got all these powers and he's got a cape. He's got that's like Superman, and yeah. they, they tried to sue him. 
they they tried to sue a- ABC. And it like, was are they out. wrong? It, it, the powers aren't like Green Lantern. The powers are closer to Superman. The concept of the show is you put on the suit, you could be Superman. But at the same time, like it's a pastiche. Like it's a, it's not like kept like the idea of make the. DC did national publication time did not win the lawsuit with Fawcett Comics over Captain Marvel. Fawcett Comics right. went out of business, so they eventually mm. just were like they settled the suit because they were they had nothing right, left. Right. And then DC was able to buy the character basically on the chopping block because the company didn't exist anymore. Like right. this is he does is they see someone that's going to camp. They go, "That's our property. We're going to sue you." And it, I'm glad they lost it because there's enough differences. And the idea is it's parody. It's a parody of superhero of Superman, but it's not like it's a very much a, a parody is a harsh term because when you think of parody, you almost think of something mean spirited. Like, this is a, 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 a more of an homage, right? Like you're are paying a homage to it. Like you, you're showing that like, man. Well, it's like, a subversion. You like it is yeah, a subversion, they, they, but at the same time, it's not mean spirited. No, not at all. No, and you know, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, I, and uh, I don't know. Let's see. I've, I've got other things on my notes. Faye Grant, like the two main students. Faye Grant mm-hmm. were played by Faye Grant and Michael Paré. Faye Grant went on to be like the main lead in the V series. Mm-hmm. That's where I did. remember her from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really so. And she was on Seventh Heaven and a whole bunch of other stuff. She hasn't been in much lately. Michael Paré went on to do some other stuff. I, I didn't really follow his career, but he, he was supposedly he did really well. He was he, um, he's been in a lot of here. movies. Hmm? Yeah. He's Vinny Barbarino. Like, he's the John Travolta yeah. character from Cotter. Oh, yeah. 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 He was also in Streets of Fire, The Philadelphia Experiment. Um, he, he acted. He had a good career. Dragon yeah. Flight, Killing Streets. Good show. Yeah, yeah, a couple, couple of things that I've heard of before. Village of the Damned. The John Carpenter. Uh, Village of the Damned, 1995. John Carpenter. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been in a whole bunch of stuff. Like, all these actors went on to do pretty good things. And uh, and again, Robert Culp, what, I, he passed away in 2010, 2010, yeah, at age 75. But he was he had such a long and storied career and nobody could have played Maxwell like him. No. Nobody. Braun says Philadelphia Experiment. Yeah. Oh, he was in that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was it, I don't this it, it holds up. It's hard because it every I mean, people listening to this show, this was done in 1981. Computers were barely a thing. Yeah. No cell phones, except for they did have car cell phones and they do bring one of those up in the first three episodes. But this was like the very beginning of cell phones. Like you, if you had a car phone, it cost thousands of dollars and you had to be rich. So the UFO effect in this is pretty good for practice. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. It looks really good. It looks like it's out of Close Encounters. Like, That's what I thought too. Yeah. Def- definitely an influence on this movie too. Like you, this show... Definitely has its, it. Definitely wears its influences on its sleeve. Like you see Superman, you welcome back, Otter, you close encounters. Like it's all very much there, which is fine. All art is inspired by or a rejection too of whatever comes before it. Like I was just amazed at how good the special effects look because they never looked that good on like Buck Rogers or something like that, which is a contemporary show of this. You know, it looks solid. And the thing is, what was my point? I had a point. I had a point for a second there. No, it was. It was. I don't know. The whole point of him having the powers, though, was he, he, he like you said in the beginning, he, like, he immediately loses the directions. Okay, so he's got to figure out how everything works just by trial and error. He never really learns how to fly straight. He well, comes upon powers by complete accident. That's one of those interesting things, too, right? There's never, like in today's world, there would be things where they try to, what you call it, have montages of him training and figuring yeah. out his powers. 
And they never do that in this show. It's no, because he's always under the gun in this one. So he's always figuring it out on the fly. On the fly. (laughs) If he's not crashing. Yeah. But uh, Dave needs to give John with a DVD set. I'd be half surprised if John doesn't own it. To be honest with you. Yeah. I, this is one I actually don't own. As a matter of fact, Ice Pirates, we we reviewed, we reviewed Ice Pirates a few years ago on this show. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. It was hilarious. (laughs) It was hilarious. (laughs) It's like, did you guys make me watch? Yeah. (laughs) The ship has herpes. (laughs) I remember watching it. Oh my God. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah, no, they've, again, they've tried to come out. They had a pilot for a new, was it in 1985? And this is weird because it was on NBC. They had, they tried out doing a pilot for the greatest American heroine. The premise being that they, people finally glommed on to the fact that, uh, that Hinckley was a superhero. And so he had to give up the cape and give it to somebody else. And they picked a woman and, um, and it, they never aired it. Because NBC again, yes. the the the, the premise up. is they made the pilot, is, but they didn't pick it up. Yeah, yeah. The premise was supposed to be you're subverting the superhero genre, and NBC was looking for a actual superhero, like a standard fair superhero thing. That's so they well, the problem too is they got rid of it. Like, we're going to bring this show back, but we're going to take who's because again the, the appeal of the show is William Cat yeah. as the greatest American hero, and we're going to take that costume off of him. We're going to make him a mentor character. We're going to a person which. Um, it's that's like executive speak. We're like, we want this thing that you want that you have. We want to bring that back. Oh, okay, but we're gonna give it to you. We're gonna do something totally different with it because it's time to do something different. And the people are like, yeah. I don't want that. I want the thing. This is the thing I'm buying. So it makes perfect sense. And the problem is they've tried multiple times to bring this back, and it doesn't work because the show. I said everything I described is lunacy. It's absolute batshit crazy, yeah. but it works because of William Cat and Robert Culp. That's why the well, show. Worked. I think they could make it work again, but the problem is the whole premise of the show is not something that executives would greenlight these days because they're they're, they're looking for their four quadrants. Yeah, no, it really was. It really was. And but again, it was good for the first eight episodes of the first season, and then they was greenlit for twenty two episodes for the second season. And a little bit into that, the producer that was allowing the show to go ahead unmolested went and formed their her own company with somebody else and then the new executives that took over started to interfere with the show they wanted to make it more kid friendly and every time you hear somebody want an executive say i want to make something more kid friendly that's usually the death knell of the show was for the real ghostbusters and a whole bunch of other shows i think got to make it more kid friendly that was that's when the show started to go a little bit down but you can see that they still were trying to pull like a bruce tim where they had some episodes that were really weird and crazy and interesting. Like when they found that there's an actual ghost realm, they happened on it by accident and Maxwell gets possessed by an evil ghost. And that was a really freaking creepy episode. And it was awesome. I do think though, real quick, my opinion is in the eighties, I think a TV channel and in even Beyond that, they might be looking for a superhero show where they don't have to pay for an IP. Mm-hmm. Where today yeah. they want an established IP to have a guaranteed audience, but, but it is an established IP. My wife, when I showed her the poster, she says, Oh, I've seen that shirt at Walmart. Yeah, like the symbol has this, it is an IP. It's not a, I don't know how valuable of an IP, but the greatest American hero, specifically the symbol could do something again i think the problem is because it's not an ip because it doesn't come from comics because the one version of it worked 
yeah it struggles like it's like when people try to bring back Knight Rider but it never has Michael Knight like never has David Hasselhoff doesn't work that's especially stuff from that era is so associated with the people in it like the Hulk could come back because the Hulk came from comics right it's not necessarily you didn't need Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno I think this show needed William Cat and Robert Culp or yeah. it needed it's like same with my big qualm with the quantum leap reboot is like the guy in the show just isn't Scott Bakula yeah, and his well, partner just isn't Dean Stockwell. Like it just doesn't 